guys? Welcome back to the show. This is the rapid fire portion of my discussion with Brandon Quidham. If you haven't yet listened to the further discussion portion, I highly recommend you do. One of my favorite conversations I've ever had. Just, uh, you know, Brandon's a super interesting guy. The work he's done in publishing on Medium relating mycelium and, and mushrooms to Bitcoin just seem to really strike a chord with me and lots of other people in the community. And of course, this is if you've listened to the show before, you'll know that this is uh, kind of the convergence of um, two subjects that I'm extremely interested in and passionate about. So I was super amped to talk to uh, Brandon and the, the discussion did not disappoint. So if you haven't checked it out, then I highly recommend you do. This is the rapid fire portion where I ask Brandon the standard set of rapid fire questions and then some word association questions at the end. That's it. I hope you guys enjoy. Let's do it. What is money? Money is a representation of value created. So it's just an abstraction. It's a measuring tool to say I provided value and I get to keep this value for a future date, which then I can exchange old value for new value. If you had to explain Bitcoin to your grandmother, elderly person, what would you say? Um, it's a decentralized super organism that's uh, connecting all our brain. No, I would say it's, <laughs> it's uh, money on the Internet. <laughs> uh, what is the primary reason why Bitcoin is important or interesting to you? Um, because it, it stands alone. It, it, it acts like a, a super organism that pays people. So... It lives on its own. It eats, sleeps, and breathes on the internet, and um, you know it's just wholly new. What does the sovereign individual mean to you? Uh, it's a fantastic book. Everyone should read it. Although the authors drone on a bit, they could have done it in a third the less pages. Um, but to me, it means taking control of every aspect of your life that you can, um, which is a, a value beat into me, not literally, but figuratively from my father, which was take personal responsibility for your actions. And if you feel like you're a victim of your circumstances, um, whether that's true or not, it's a horrible position to be in and it's a bad perspective. So take responsibility for your own actions. Um, take responsibility for your home, your neighborhood, you know, expand that sphere as far as you can. And all of a sudden your world will shift. So, um, that's the basis of sovereign individual. Um, Bitcoin is the money side. Psychedelics are the mind side. Um, go work out. Do all the things. Take responsibility. Nice. Um, how long after you first heard of Bitcoin did you start learning more and purchase it? I first heard about it in 2011 or 2012 uh, while I was at Oracle, like standard corporate software sales guy time. And I heard about it because friends were buying drugs on the internet, which I thought was insane that you could do that. Um, I asked the one Bitcoin guy I knew some questions. And, you know, once he started telling me about mining and how your computers make Bitcoin and all this crazy stuff, I was like, OK, that's insane. This is not something I need to pay attention to. Right. And then I ran into it again in 2014 in Bali. Um, I was when, ready when to you, learn it. When were you in Bali in 2014? July and August. Okay, because I was there in September, October in 2014. And oh, wow. I, went, I went to Hubud, the, the co-working yep. place there. And that's, that was, I had heard about Bitcoin before, but this was the first, there was a talk there and I met this girl and I'd missed the talk and she was, and I was like, yeah, I really want to learn more about this. And she was like, oh, come by tomorrow. 
uh, I was with my girlfriend. She was like me and my boyfriend, and you two can we'll have dinner and we'll talk about Bitcoin, and then we'll you know I'll set you up with a wallet. We'll exchange some. I was like, oh sweet. And then she never got, you know, she was like, I'll email you with a, a, a time. And she never emailed me. I emailed her back, no response. And I was like, shit, like, fuck, I, you know, I really wanted to. And it's so funny, man, because like your, your Bitcoin history, I mean, you look back and think shoulda, woulda, coulda, right? How things would have been differently. But at least in Seminyak, there was a Bitcoin like store. Like it was uh, people helped you. They set up like you. They set you up with a blockchain uh, info wallet and all that kind of stuff. So I came across that later in the trip, and I popped in and you know uh, talked to them a little bit. But uh, yeah, that 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 was that was my first real exposure too. Insane. Hubud <laughs> is where I got the the download. Yeah. Um, exact story. Um, but didn't buy. I was on a the middle of a twelve month backpacking trip through Europe with my fiance now wife. And so it just wasn't the time. We were hippie budget backpackers. Um, and then it wasn't until 2017, um, you know, price number going up. What's going on here? I'll buy a little, um, put some skin in the game. Then all of a sudden, okay, this is what I'm going to dedicate my life to. <laughs> I'll give it a whirl. Okay, I'm going to dedicate my life to this thing. <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty quick jump. Same um, story as everyone. Sure, no sure. eat, no sleep, don't leave the house. Girlfriend's like, hey, why are you still in sweatpants? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Uh, what has been your most effective method of educating people about Bitcoin in conversation or more formally? I would say the least effective is when I get on my stump and start evangelizing. That I don't think that's ever worked. Um, and so the most effective would probably be um, asking a lot of questions up front and knowing in the back of my mind, I want to plant the seed. And so essentially pick the right audience, find friends that trust me. And I think would like it if they saw the right picture, ask a bunch of questions and then toss them a softball and make them think it was their idea. That's probably the, the most effective way in conversation. Um, yeah, honestly, it's hard the re the real answer is money. You're going to make money. That's the most effective way. Yeah. Another one that I've found, and that this is actually perfect corollary to psychedelics, is that you you have the experience. You want to run down from the mountaintop and say it's the most amazing thing you've ever encountered, but you know that doesn't work because people have a negative response to you know screaming lunatics. Um, but I put myself out there early on as someone who was interested in this stuff. You know, I didn't didn't hide it, didn't stay in the closet, anything like that. And over time, I just noticed that because people knew me or knew that that was something that I was very interested in at parties, social events and stuff, the odd person would start coming up and being like, you know, can you tell me about like ayahuasca or can you tell me about this stuff? And then then it's great because I just get to have these conversations. I'm not forcing it and I just get to talk about it. And I think that's probably also one of the things that will happen with bitcoin is that you put yourself out there as somebody who cares about this stuff or thinks it's meaningful uh and people will you know slowly but surely come up and be like hey can you can you tell me more this is kind of fascinating i think that's a really good point it's it sort of just establish yourself as a resource and my office hours are open right and <laughs> whenever the student shows up the teacher appears and so yeah just put our office hour signs up on our, on our profiles on the internet and you know, let it be known in a respectful way. And then you have guys like uh, Russell Okong and 
um, you know, cultural icons blabbing about Bitcoin, price is going to go up again, and then people will just show up at your office hours. Exactly. What movie or song is most related to Bitcoin in your opinion? Hmm. Nothing comes to mind except for a TV show. I'm going to forget the name. Uh, Altered Carbon. It's sort of like this uh, sci-fi, I think it was on Netflix, one season's out, probably a book as well, where essentially um, we have our consciousness uploaded in a little device and it lives in our head. And so you can essentially move from body to body by plugging in your consciousness. And it's sort of this dystopian future state where money is also digital like this. And I don't know why it reminded me of that. <laughs> it's a good It's a good show, I thought. <laughs> Can Bitcoin be stopped? If so, what is Bitcoin's big, biggest vulnerability? If not, why not? I don't think Bitcoin, the idea of Bitcoin could be stopped. I think we're going to have the people's money. Will the current incarnation of the people's money be through to the finish line? If I had to guess, I would say yes. I think the incentives are powerful enough where adopting it is better than killing it. Um, I think the time to kill it has already passed. And so every day it, it chugs along, every day it gets, you know, underestimated is another day on Bitcoin side. So the answer, I don't, I don't think it can be. What was your most recent aha or level up in your understanding of Bitcoin? I don't know if it's the most recent, but the most profound thing to me in the, in the recent future was from Nick Carter, which was um, understanding, I think the article was like, it's about the assurances, stupid, or something like that. And it's essentially that it's not Bitcoin. It's not all these crazy things. What matters is that we trust these certain assurances. There's a fixed supply. It's hard to change, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you can't guarantee those assurances, there's no point to having another blockchain. What do you think will be biggest Bitcoin's biggest impact on society? I think it allows humans to create more leverage. And so doing things like colonizing space or... Um, any of the big goals like like terraforming Mars or preventing climate catastrophe here, you know, I think those type of goals can be achieved when we have real money and the leverage that creates through productive use of capital. What is the biggest mistake you've made with Bitcoin? Um, besides not buying it early, I would say dabbling in the shitcoin casino. Um, if I would have had the, the wherewithal to pull out at the top, I would be, uh, uh, in a better financial position. And so I would say wasting time in altcoins and, um, not understanding how fundamentally useless most of them are. How do you feel about Satoshi Nakamoto, Bitcoin's creator being anonymous and the coins that he likely controls? I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really important part of the story, deifying him in that way. Um, I also think an interesting point here, I forgot where I heard this, was um, so Satoshi gifted the world his coins, let's assume. Let's assume he never cashes that whatever million we think he has. Um, that doesn't mean Satoshi is not walking around in his private jet petting a fur cat on his evil dictator chair because those are the coins that we know he has. Let's say he left. He could have bought another million coins at a very cheap price right after that at addresses we don't know about. And so Satoshi could be walking among us. And if he was smart enough to pull off Bitcoin, he was definitely smart enough to have a backup stash. <laughs> uh, what have you learned about yourself or how have you changed, if at all, as a result of learning about and interacting with Bitcoin? 
I think I've uh, I've been forced to really examine my own political views, and I've oscillated from like um, pretty far left in college days. Uh, and from a social aspect. And I think I've just been a little bit more exposed to conservative values. And I think I'm uh, much more in the middle, but I also don't think I identify with the either extremes. And so, yeah, it's sort of just re-examining what I find uh, important. And my political views went from like giving a shit and trying to change the system from the inside to I take solace and confidence and optimism from the fact that I can put all that political energy, let's say I have a quota for that, into Bitcoin. And I feel that that's actually the best use of my political energy. I think that's a very common sentiment amongst the Bitcoiners these days. Um, at what price would you permanently sell over 75% of the Bitcoin you hold, assuming no necessity to do so? Assuming there's no catastrophic failures, I can't imagine a situation where I would sell 75%. Um, in my head, I have certain chunks partitioned off for future generations. Um, I could see myself selling some to buy agricultural land in Chile as a backup plan, or I could see some sort of diversification when my percentage of net worth in Bitcoin continues to climb and climb and climb. But 75%, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, ballpark estimate of Bitcoin's price in five years. Five years. I would say at least 250,000. Um, tricky part is where are we in a cycle at that point? It could be a million or it could be 70,000. Um, but the average of the fifth year from now, 250,000. How do you define success? Getting as close to as close as you can to doing the thing that only you're capable of doing. So think the Venn diagram of you. Um, get right in the middle of that. Most impactful book you've ever read? Uh, books are tricky. Um, it's all about the timing, right? When I'm ready for that information. But I would say right after college, I went down the dystopian future path, like Brave New World, 1984, uh, Utopia, and just kind of devoured those. And those really changed my perspective on what the state is and led to further discovery there. So I'd say that's probably the thing that comes to mind. What is one question you'd like to see added to this list? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would love to, since we spent a lot of time on psychedelics, I would love to open that door in the Bitcoin community. And if people are comfortable sharing, I would love for that to be brought up. Although you do seem to weave it into all your interviews, so it <laughs> might be superfluous. Uh, but I would say something to do with that in a non-threatening way right right i can't help it man it just you know it pops up just naturally um, i get it let me see okay last one what is one in you know what is the most important action that i or anyone listening can take to up our game in your area of expertise um if we want to improve what's one way that we can do that at this point in time so from things that i'm interested in Yep. I would say step one is watch the TED Talk by Paul Stamets, Six Ways Mushrooms Can Save the World. It's about 20 minutes. If you've already done that or you want a little bit bigger chunk, watch the Joe Rogan with Paul Stamets and then message me with your questions. Nice. Yeah, the Rogan one with St Stamets was so cool. Just, uh, you know, because it's such a long form and they get to really dig into stuff and hearing Paul's experiences and yeah, his formative experiences with, with mushrooms was, uh, was really cool. Okay, 
Word association time. I say the word, you tell me the first thing that pops into your head. Satoshi Nakamoto. Mycologist. Government. Nah. Hash rate. Climbing. The individual. Sovereign. Security. Number one. Ego. Useful. Greed. Useful. Stacking sats. All day. Fiat currency. Not as bad as we give it credit to, but it should die anyways. Is that one word? <laughs> yeah. Guns. I should probably get some. Mycelium. Amazing. Altcoins. Waste of time. Socialism. Vomit. Pizza. Carbs. Family. Important. Trump. Ugh. Libra. Interesting. Gold. Useful. And Bitcoin. The best. And we've still got two minutes to spare. So, uh, Brandon, if you want to let anybody know your destinations, Medium page, website, Twitter, we'll put that in the, the show notes. But if you want to just let people know how to contact you or interact with your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, B Quidem, B Q U I T T E M. Um, otherwise, Brandon Quidem all over the socials. I would say, you know, stay humble, study nature and stack sats. Ooh, I like what you did there. Um, well, man, look, we could talk for hours and hours and hours. And uh, I want to do that sometime. So maybe in, in three to six months after your part four is put out, we can uh, get together again and, and dig in further to some of these concepts. But until then, uh, good luck with the writing. I know it's not always easy and uh, wish you the best and look forward to uh, connecting in the future. Appreciate it. Fantastic conversation. Love your podcast. This thing's going, this thing's going to go fast. I can feel it. Thanks a lot, brother. Take care of yourself.